coming up on this episode of This Is Woman's Work. If you're listening to this, you are someone who has taken one of the most difficult years of any of our lives and transcended it with grace and beauty, even with the hard parts. noticing a pretty common theme in so many of my conversations lately, which I'll be honest, has aligned closely with my own feelings over the last few months. So I figured it was worth a conversation in case you're feeling this too. And it goes something like this. I'm feeling hopeful as things are starting to open up and excited to get back to a new normal that involves seeing other people, getting my kids out of the house, and dare I say, traveling for vacations. But For some reason, I'm also feeling worried about losing some of the things I gained or lessons learned and not sure I want it to all go back to the way it was before. I feel like I should be super motivated and grateful to hopefully be getting on the other side of the fear and loneliness and stress of the last year. But honestly, I just feel blah. Maybe not depressed, but also not jumping for joy like I feel like I should. I just am blah. I am Nicole Khalil, and if you're feeling any of this too, I promise there are lots of us out there that are with you. Adam Grant has even coined this feeling and and has called it languishing. And And it goes so far as to say it's the dominant emotion of 2021. And I'll share that it's come up multiple times with my clients in coaching calls, and I've talked about it on almost every one of my conversations with my coach, Lisa Kalman. So let's talk about it. I've asked Lisa transformational speaker, trainer, and coach to join me so we can all benefit from some coaching about how we get to make yet another transition. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to do it a little bit more gracefully than I did the transition into COVID, but also with more mindfulness around what I want to carry forward, what will serve me to let go of, and what boundaries I want to keep and which ones I want to create, and ultimately how I can move out of languishing and toward living. Lisa, thank you so much as always for joining me. And and I'm excited about this conversation because as I said, we've talked about it a lot and I know it's on your mind because you're hearing it a lot too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me again. I'm thrilled to be here. And yeah, I call it, um, I've been calling it re-entry. Yeah. You know, um, and. I, as a kid growing up in Houston, I grew up in Houston in, in the uh, 60s and uh, 70s, I was a maniac about the space program. So I would watch every launch, every touchdown, all of it. And so in reentry, when the capsule comes back through the Earth's atmosphere, it literally catches on fire. And the astronauts lose contact with Earth and... So I had this experience as, as I was coming out of COVID and coming out of more quarantine isolation life that I was going through the fire mm-hmm. and lo- losing some connection. So that's why I, I started to delve into this and, and think I have some support for, for your listeners. So yeah, good, to, good to be with you. I think it's um, been surprising, at least for me, I thought it was all going to feel like sunshine and rainbows being on, and I don't know if the other side is the right term, but I I like re-entry this. When I thought about entering 
back into this next normal. I, I thought it was all going to be joy and excitement. And I've been surprised and sort of shocked by my own feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, first of all, we get to be connected to what's occurred over the last year. And my experience is all of us got to reinvent ourselves, let go of so much that we thought we were attached to, that we needed, whether it was our kids going to school, uh, whether it was our own social outward you know, life. And through that, I think most people did a, at least most people I'm with and, and probably that you're coaching and your listeners did a pretty good job of getting surrendered to this is what I have. How do I make the most of it? And out of that, like we've talked about, so many blessings came. So many opportunities came, whether it was to learn new things. I certainly did. Whether it was the sweetness of having my family really connected for several months. So as we now shift that again, any disruption to what we've surrendered into is going to feel kind of actually kind of funky. Yeah. I, I actually think that's one of the bigger things that I am, you know, feeling on fire about and, and, and that I've heard from my conversations with some of the women I coach is Yes, there's been hard parts of it, but we sort of surrendered and, and, and there were good things that came out of all of this time with our family unit yeah, um, or whatever bubble you chose throughout all of this. And Jay and I actually, we don't really argue or fight very often, um, but we totally were missing each other with this is we he started coming home and saying, we have this event on this evening, or I, I, they're going to do a trip this weekend or that event, you know, and, and I started getting really anxious and yeah. frustrated. And, and I, full disclosure, did not handle it well. I, I went in the like, this is work stuff. It should happen during work hours. It's, you know, not <laughs> something they're trying to take over our personal lives and, 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 you know, my, uh, that was my stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't say at first and, and had to kind of circle back was I'm afraid of losing this connection, this, like we made it through COVID with our marriage intact and, and stronger and like, and I, I just got afraid of. Yeah, I absolutely get it. So one of the things I wrote a blog about this is uh, in terms of re-entry, one of the points I made was to um, two things. Uh, number one was honor your feelings and experience. Like I'll be okay with your feelings and experience. And I even used an example, if going to your mom's house for a gathering, whether it's was, you know, Easter and now coming up Memorial Day, whatever it is with, you know, 15 people plus all the kids seems overwhelming to you, then either duck out early, find another way. Or if your girlfriends are finally getting together and going to a crowded bar at happy hour, rather than, you know, say, well, can we take a walk on the beach? Like there is an opportunity to notice what is going to resonate with my internal well-being right now 
And you may get there, you may get to the fun, big barbecues, you may not, but really to honor your feelings and experience. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's number one. And, and maybe a secondary part, Lisa, would you agree is okay, honor them, but communicate them and, yeah. and choose vulnerability and transparency and honesty. You know, I, I can say that now because I didn't, I, you know, I think if those things are coming up for us, it's an opportunity to share like, Hey, I'm nervous about this, or I loved this about the last year and I'm afraid of losing it, or I'm excited about this, but nervous about that, whatever it might be for us. It's just an opportunity to yet again, communicate. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And to, you know, as we've all, we've talked about throughout many podcasts is to be personally responsible for your, whatever you're experiencing and then communicate it from a place of responsibility rather than any kind of upset or blame. Uh, And the other piece around what you're saying is that to take stock of who you resonate with. One of the things I've noticed over the last year with COVID is all of us had to consciously choose who we were connecting with, whether we were connecting by Zoom or whether we made our little pod of people that we felt okay physically being with. And we consciously chose what relationships to be connected to and to nourish. And we consciously chose what to maybe not nourish. And so as we re-enter, you know, in re-entry, really notice who you resonate with. Stay connected to those relationships that have nourished you and you feel you are nourishing to them. And then it's really okay to let other relationships fall away. Doesn't mean you're not a nice person. Doesn't mean you're not kind. Doesn't mean you don't say happy birthday. But there was a parsing out that occurred naturally that may serve people as they move forward. So or at least for me, I noticed that. Yeah, I agree completely. And this has come up a couple of times in, in conversations. Um, COVID sort of gave us a legitimate excuse or, or, or what felt like a valid reason to not hang out with certain people or not go certain places or not engage with. And sometimes it can be a struggle now that the excuse or the reason is not there anymore how do we communicate or how do we protect or how do we choose that boundary without that, that valid reason? Is in my question making any sense? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and I don't, I don't think you need a valid reason, you know, and my trust of the bigger picture is that if you have kind of had that relationship fall away, they probably have too. If they're not like knocking your door down, then they're probably okay with it too. And it goes along with the first thing we talked about to honestly communicate, you know what, here's where I am in this process. I really had, I had a friend of ours who's not a client, but actually a friend call me up in tears because it got like the re-entry was so overwhelming for her. She's very sensitive. She's highly sensitive. And so she really got to, I get to give myself grace and be okay with this. Mm-hmm. So- Another thing that I've seen pop up quite a bit throughout the whole experience, but but now for new reasons is still the judgment that people have of us and our choices and the judgments we have of others and their choices. So for example, 
you, you mentioned, you know, going to the family for a holiday, like some people might still not feel comfortable doing that. Some people might still not feel comfortable going back into the office and being in a conference room with so many people. How do we navigate through that judgment piece? Yeah, I think first of all, reminding ourselves that um, everybody's doing the best they can given what they know. (laughs) You know, whether it's, you know, there are still people, we went to a restaurant uh, last week and and we're all vaccinated. So personally that works for me and I'm happy about that. (laughs) And, And, you know, the, the bus boy was like, his mask was under his chin, you know, and I don't have so much worry about myself, but I noticed I was in judgment because there's actually a, still a law about servers mm-hmm. where I live. So um, really number one, uh, being responsible for your choices in the moment. You know, last summer we were somewhere uh, and it was still in the middle of COVID and, and the restaurant was supposed to have, it was like our one restaurant out, was supposed to have distancing and they plopped somebody literally within a foot of us. So what we did, we just we just got up and left. We, that's all, we just like, we made our choice. We got up and left, that was what was gonna work. So making your choices without having to blame the other person, without having to say, you know, that jerk, that asshole, whatever. Um, and knowing that even from the very beginning of this process, it is, been polarizing. Um, I think a lot from a lot of political rhetoric, et cetera, but just, you know, choices that people have made that are personal, some consider it moral, whatever it is. So knowing that your choices for you are totally fine and being okay that their choices are, and if it doesn't work for you, responsibly handling it. Now, if it's within your family, then you may get to talk about it, negotiate it, say, here's what would work. Can this work for you? Rather than just get pissed off and angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in fact, one of the things I talk about, um, and I notice it's, it's settled. It's not as I, t- I was saying before, it's not as edgy as it was for me at three or four weeks ago, but my first foray into reentry, people were unbelievably reactive. Like people were just downright crappy, you know, um, angry, this guy was yelling at the barista. I mean, it was the Starbucks, it was crazy. So one of the things I want to remind people is that, well, one, we forgot our manners. We've been isolated for a year. Second, it has been so much internal stress, whether it was financial for people, political, social, our kids at home, uh, figuring out how to navigate that we are on edge and we're just coming out of that. So my antidote for that is uh, number one, have compassion. Don't we act to their reaction? Walk in their moccasins, like what would it be like over there? Because it's it's there. Like, don't be shocked if people are just a little bit rude, <laughs> you know, and reactive. Yeah. I, I'll speak for myself. I think I am a little bit more reactive or on edge. Um, and, and I've been noticing that as I go out or interact with people that that comes up for me a little faster, and a little stronger than mm. it normally does. So yeah, I, yeah. I, lo- I love the mind your manners. We, we have, we've forgotten. This is kind of a funny story. So Jay had 
um, three of his uh, work people, uh, people that work with him um, over in the backyard and they were doing a planning meeting. And I'm in here getting my work done and I go out to say hi uh, as I was heading to get my first vaccine. Um, so I go out to say hi and I swear, I don't know what happened. I was like, I'm, I tried to make a joke and then, and then it didn't go. And so then I tried to double down on it and it was all sorts of awkward. So much so that when I came back later, Jay was like, well, what was that? And I'm like, I don't know. I literally forgot how to talk to people. I forgot how to make small talk. I forgot how to <laughs> be a good host. I forgot all of it. And so it's funny, these some of these skills have gotten a little rusty. Yeah, how to engage. And I think we've been, other than our families, been very internal. And so there's some peace to that and, and calmness and, and I think very positive outcomes to it. And then there's also the, oh my gosh, like I feel, yeah, I feel naked out there in the world again. And, and so we just be ready for that. And, and rather than react, especially if other people are reactive, just you know, walk in their moccasins again, have compassion, empathy. Uh, people have, have been through a lot and I don't think any of us know what each person has, how they've uh, navigated this mm-hmm. and made it made it through. And, and some people not well, as we know, as we know. Yeah. A couple of things I think are super important is number one is whatever healthy habits that people that you have or, or your listeners or any of us have started, keep it up. You know, I noticed at the beginning of COVID, I was super rigorous about my eating. I was super rigorous about my exercise. And then I got a little sloppy. And then at the beginning of the year, I started again in a, in a rigorous, more exercise routine. So that's been super helpful. So if it's meditation, exercise, eating well, maintain those because it's, it, it, it's grounding and it's helpful. And yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's number one. So would you suggest taking some time and really thinking consciously about what is it that I want to keep? What do I want to keep doing? Or even like, what are some of the boundaries that I've set that I want to keep? Or as you suggested earlier, the the people in my life I want to keep. And then potentially having a conversation with whoever might be part of that equation, whether it be a spouse or a best friend or... So how do we consciously decide what to carry forward. Great, great. Yeah, I would first sit down with yourself and even journal out what's really been the blessing of this this time. You know, what have I started to notice about myself? What have I started to be? Uh, what qualities have I brought out of myself? Resilience, reinvention. Um, what are, the, what are the experiences I've had that I've really nourished and cherished? Whether it's time with family, time with your kids, family nights, whatever that is, habits, including exercise, nutrition, you know, um, meditation, things like that, yoga maybe. And then what is it that I'm, I would look at, look at it from what am I now yearning for? What is it that I want to add in? A, you know, I want to add in, you know, being with my family physically, you know, once a month, twice a month. I want to add in time with my girlfriends. I want to add in um, travel, 
travel. Yeah, Becky, yeah, we're set to go to Hawaii. We go every year and we didn't go last year. It's like we're yearning to, yeah. to go back to Hawaii. So what is it I want to add and how do I do that in a way that's going to serve my, my, me, my family, my vision, my purpose, et cetera. And then how do we, I don't know, measure is not the right word, but as we do that, how do we take stock of what is working or not working? So if I think I want to add 17 things back in, that might be too much too fast. Or I might think I want something because I've missed it for so long. Example, travel is like top of my mind and, and we can't afford to not financially as much as time-wise and, and all that to just go on trip after trip after trip after mm -hmm. trip. So how do we, I don't know, integrate yeah, that? I would, I, I would start by starting, <laughs> literally, like you start by starting, like if it's to meet up with people or have a family gathering, have it, see how it goes for you. Set up a weekend away, you know, you can, you can manage time for a weekend and, and you can do that for the, for people on a budget can definitely do that in a way, you know, whether it's you head to camping or, or it's the beach or something like that. See how that is. See how it is to go outside your community that you've been used to and, and travel in that way. Or, uh, you know, if you have an office that people are actually participating in, in, in person, you know, maybe go in once a week, for a couple of weeks or twice a week and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. So start by starting and doing it and seeing how it feels for you and how it resonates for you. So mm -hmm. that would be my suggestion there. And then I think, you know, oh, the overriding conversation, I we've talked about this as well, but is extreme gratitude, like extreme, extreme gratitude. So, you know, uh, first of all, if people are listening to this and I'm very present to this myself, then you're alive. You know, hundreds and thousands of people in the United States and millions of people in the world are not. So uh, extreme gratitude for all of it, for all of it. And that requires both the practice of gratitude, but also surrender in the moment. Like this is this, is this and I'm completely grateful because gratitude and resentment cannot live in the same space or gratitude and um, frustration or blame or guilt cannot live in the same space. So really giving yourself permission to just, yeah, you know, I really believe that, especially the people listening to your podcast, if you're listening to this, you are someone who has taken one of the most difficult years of any of our lives and transcended it with grace and beauty, even with the hard parts. And so the gratitude of that and the resilience we've taught our kids in that way. And I think it's, I think it's just a really a precious time to, to surrender to that. I'm so glad you said that, that uh, I think needed to be heard at least on my part. Is there anything else that you're noticing as we talk about re-entry that maybe coming up for people or maybe a unique yeah, to this I, time type thing. Yeah. You were talking about, you know, you started out talking about languishing and not being super motivated. Uh, be okay with that. 
I, so many people I know have reinvented their lives in a way where they uh, stepped into a, a, their purpose or a new adventure. Like I know so many people have moved to Costa Rica, Costa Rica or Belize or taken a year off and traveling or whatever they're doing. And so this has become a, a, a pivotal moment for us to look at what am I up to? I think it has also forced, we got off the, the, the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. We got to stop, look, choose, vote, as you know, those words from our trainings, but to stop and look, get off automatic, choose, make choices that aren't based on what we think we're supposed to be doing, aren't based on what the path was like already set. And then to take action on what matters to us. So I think this is a time not to be in, um, uh, you know, judgment of yourself for not being motivated and passionate and let's go out there and rock the world, but to go, what, what matters to me? Mm-hmm. If I looked at where I really want to be, given what I know now that I didn't know a year ago, who I want to be five years from now, where do I want to be? Then I think, I think it's that time. You know, I looked at my, I've had a pretty like fast paced career life and I still do really powerful work, but I've really gotten to like, you know what, that season might be over for me. And I'm really looking at what's this next realm for me. That's, that's more around the uh, living, being, contributing, you know, yeah, a little less like high energy paced, you know. I think that's been uh, learning for a, a lot of women that I've talked to. And we talked about this on the first time I had you on the podcast, the culture of doing this mm-hmm. that exists, especially in the United States. It's or it, culture of do, do, do. There's not a problem. We don't try to outwork, grind it out, you know, Hard work is the answer to everything. Push harder, push harder. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The last year didn't, for a lot of us, allow for that. And thank goodness, because I think it created an opportunity for us to just be, be more conscious of of how we're being as opposed to what we're doing all the time. And I'd love to keep that. I want to carry that forward so well and what i'll say to that nicole watch out for how quickly and easily we can get back into the uh doing this the i'll call it the rat race for a better word um better way to watch out for how easily we can get swept up into that Mm -hmm. because it's cellular learning at this point for most of us especially uh very hardworking, very motivated very committed women it is yeah. so easy to get back into that. Um, and there's a lot of pressure, I think, f- coming towards a lot of women to do that, even if they don't totally want to. I, again, I've had conversations with a lot of women where it's like my boss or the leaders at my organization are expecting me to come back in, start early, work late. And I don't think I want to do that. And I've been highly productive and and figured things out how to make it work in the last year. So not only do I not want to, but I don't think I need to anymore, which might've been a question mark a year ago. Yeah. And then I would invite them uh, 
to advocate for themselves and to step up and use their voice, as you talk about so often, uh, to say, I'll get the results. Uh, and it may not look the way it used to. I think I can understand this more individually, but I'd love to have a conversation about it collectively. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the last year was so much um, a reminder that there are people who are hurting. There are people who are dying. There is pain in our country. There is division, there's all these things. And, and at least personally, I hope this has been a time also of healing and an opportunity, as you said, to choose how we re-enter. How might we think about this more globally or collectively about the opportunity we have as we re-enter? Yeah, one of the things that I think the pandemic um, woke us up to, if and if not, please wake up to, is like, we're not separate. Like it did not really matter what country you were from, how much money you had, what your upbringing was. It was indiscriminate in its, in its impact. And so out of that, I think it's no accident we've had not only the uh, political stuff come up, we've had all of the Black Lives Matter conversation come up. We've had, you know, work at home, working at school, education. everything got revealed. And in my experience, what got revealed wasn't just the disease of coronavirus, was the dis-ease underlying our psyche as a culture. And so it got the, it got illuminated. And I think we're really in the midst of that illumination, some people recognizing it, and this isn't any judgment about people, people are just, again, wherever they are, but some people recognizing it and some people trying to, to push it back down as if it didn't get illuminated. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's hard, because it's difficult, because it changes the way we look at life. It's not convenient to care about humanity. It is not comfortable to care about humanity. It is not necessarily financially, <laughs> you know, uh, beneficial personally to care about humanity. It doesn't mean you can't uh, generate abundance by caring about things like a Tom's shoes, you know? Um, so I think we're struggling with this. And I, I would invite all of us along with the, we can't just take care of our four, you know, the four people in our house, mm -hmm. you know, or the three or the six or however many it is. It's who, what's the citizen of the world I want to be? What is my, what's the legacy I want my children to see and who I've been in the world? Whatever your faith is, whatever your political beliefs are, whatever, you know, and we can't do it without talking and coming together and having conversations. And I have strong beliefs a certain way, in, in, socially, politically, et cetera, and as do other people. And if I can't have that conversation with somebody and, you know, simply hear their point of view and hear why it's like that for them, then why would they listen to me? Why would we ever be able to do that? So I don't think there's an easy answer to what you're saying. I think we're in it. And I think 
uh, knowing we're in it and being okay that we're in it and um, chewing up to who's the human being I want to be, who's the, like I said, who's the citizen of the, of the world I want to be. I think is about the, is, is, it's a good question. I don't have an answer, but I got a good question. Yeah. I think that piece that you talked about is, is personally the most challenging for me is creating a space to have empathy for, listen to, be open to somebody's thoughts and opinions that are in stark contrast, uh, polar opposite of, of mine. And reminding myself that I can be open and I can listen. And then I, and then I get to choose just because I'm open and listen doesn't mean I agree. Doesn't mean it's what I think or that I'm going to take that on or that I'll be manipulated or anything like that. I still get to choose, but I will say, you know, I'm working on that because that is a harder part. There are, there are a lot of things I know I don't know. And then there are some things that I just in my core believe are right for me or right from where I'm standing. And that can be really hard. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No. I mean, in our brain, we're like, how can you think this? Like, and they're, and they're saying that about us, me too, you know, like, how, how is it, where are you? Like, how is that possible? Yeah. You know, and that's where we got to go. Okay. That my brain is screaming, but can I open my heart and hear the, whatever that is? Yeah. And, you know, and not be so dismissive. That's what I tell myself. Cause my brain goes, that person's an idiot or there's something wrong with them, or like they, they, they must not, there's like, I just, it's so confusing to me that they, they, the seemingly intelligent, productive human would see something so differently than I do. And so it's much easier to get dismissive, right? Much more courageous. Yeah. The moment we use the label, we don't have to experience the experience. We don't have to feel the feelings. Soon we, we label somebody, whatever we label them. Yeah. Well, I feel. That woo is like being at the top of a roller coaster and just bombing down and you're, you're sick to your stomach, but woo! <laughs> woo! Put your hands up. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle in. We're Buckle going for the ride. Hands up, give it a shout. <laughs> I love it. Lisa, as always, thank you. Um, before I close this out, any other thoughts that you think are important or that I didn't ask? Oh, uh, here's what I'll say. Congrat, really look in the mirror, give yourself a big old self hug or what. Congratulations on, on being somebody who not only navigated the year, but you're now listening to a podcast to grow yourself, to learn, to expand who you are. And, you know, you did a, we all did, we did a great job. And now, What's next? Like gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. That's what I I would end this with. I second that. Uh, If you want to learn more about Lisa or follow her, you can visit her website at lisakalman.com. So L-I-S-A-K-A-L-M-I-N. Or you can visit inspirecoachingworkshops.com to learn more about some of the live events or virtual events that are coming up um, for Lisa in the next year. Um, you can follow her 
at Lisa Kalman on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you, wherever you like to go. Wherever and then you like <laughs> wherever yeah. your places. Um, and then let me just give a quick plug for her book. The problem is how you see the problem. It is an awesome and, and great, easy read. It's, you know, life-changing and I think 110 pages or less. Um, I I read it, handed it to Jay, read it again. Uh, So Amazon or or wherever you buy books. And I want to close out by saying, I don't know about you all, but I always feel better, more empowered when I talk my feelings out with somebody who has empathy and will listen, but also will challenge. It is important that we feel our feelings, honor them, and give them space. We've earned these feelings over the last year. And I also want to lovingly remind you that you're not meant to languish for too long. You have important risks to take, love to give, laughter to be shared, hugs to hold, places to visit, impact to be made. You have important work to do. So do what women have done since the beginning of time. Honor your emotions. Leverage and support your people and your community. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back into action. This is Woman's Work.